0: Hello, my friends. Welcome. This is The Joe Martino Show. Imagine if you were changing your daughter's diaper and you had to worry about breaking her leg. Or imagine if by the time she was five, you had both you and your spouse had broken her bones while doing just air quotes, normal, everyday activities. This is the life of a parent whose child has brittle bone disease. And today, someone from my hometown stopped by to do an interview where we talk about that very thing. What is it like to have a child who has special needs that other people might not think about? What are some things that we have to think about, like water on the kitchen floor and the danger it presents? All right, let's kick it off. This is The Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. Okay, I'm excited to uh, share today's interview with you. Before we get to that, I do have a few things that I want to cover with you. We have open registration for our Emotionally Secure Couples Conference. You can find out more information for that at my webpage, joemartino.com. I have gotten some emails in regards to a couple of the last episodes with some questions that we're going to answer in the upcoming weeks. Hopefully, you'll uh, find some value in that. Today's interview is about living with brittle bone disease. I want to say this, if you have a child that has special needs or if you're special needs and you want to be interviewed, reach out to me, joe at joemartino.com. I'd love to talk to you. Uh, I'm currently looking for people to interview who are dealing with different things in life um, that they that they feel may not be on other people's radar. And it would be beneficial to the community at large if it was brought out to the community at large. All right. Let's listen in as uh, Devin and I chat about some of the unique situations that she and her family face. All right. So tell us a little bit about the specific situation that you are in. Uh, Special needs is kind of a broad term that encompasses a vast spectrum of different issues. So if you wouldn't mind telling us about your child's specific situation, I think that our listeners would find that helpful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my daughter, uh, her name is Ireland. Uh, she's 14. She's in eighth grade and she has a disease called osteogenesis imperfecta. Uh, it's referred to as OI or brittle bone disease. And long story short, her it's, um, well, it's called brittle bone disease. It's ac- actually a connective tissue disorder. So her body does not make enough collagen to properly sustain itself. And in turn, her bones are extremely fragile. So she breaks very easily. Um, she's had almost 80 fractures so far. Um, she's had multiple surgeries. She has titanium rods um, in her right leg that run from her hip to her um, ankle because she broke her leg about 12 times in the course of a year and a half. Wow. Um, so yeah, so a lot, a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, in addition to the physical of it, um, OI can also cause dwarfism. So she is a little person. Um, she's 4'6", so she's tiny. She looks about seven years old, and she hates that because she's 14. Sure. Sure. In addition, um, is also obviously with all these fractures, there's a lot of trauma that that results from that. So she right. also has extreme anxiety. Um, she has a PTSD diagnosis, um, and that right there actually is, is more is more challenging than than dealing with broken bones. It's just the the amount of fear that she has because everything you know, she perceives the world very differently than most people. It's not, oh, look, there's a dog across the road. There's that dog could get off the leash. It could run over here and it could jump on me and I could hurt myself. So her brain works very differently. It goes a million miles an hour and she's constantly evaluating for what, what can hurt me? Where, where's the risk? Where's, you know, that, that type of thing. So that makes a lot of things a lot more challenging.
0: Right. So, so her radar is just on, Non stop. Never stops. Just,
1: exactly. Never stops.
0: Just constantly on right now. Yeah. Is that true? Even I would imagine there might be a little bit of reprieve for that at home, like in the confines of, because I there mean, obviously, is. 14 years.
1: Yeah, so definitely, it's much more controlled environment. She feels safer there. They'll you know, um, and actually, she she even battles with a little bit of agoraphobia as a result of that. She it's very hard for us to get her to leave the house to do things. Not that she won't, but she is very like she'll have a hundred questions: Where are we going? Who's going to be there? How many people are going to be there? Um, and she would rather just do everything at home. Like Ireland, let's go out to eat. So can you just bring it home and I'll eat here? So sure. it very much is her safe place. Um, but there are also things that, that do kind of, I hate to use the word trigger, but that do trigger her. Like she, one time she slipped on um, a puddle of water on the floor in the kitchen when she was little and she snapped her femur in half, her the thigh bone. And um, so now if she's in the kitchen, even now, like 10 years later, she'll, she'll look at the floor, mom, there's, you know, there's some wet there. And so it's okay. Everybody stop. I'll get a towel. So she's like, right. you know, you know, it's still active, but it, but it is, yes, it is her safe place.
0: Sure. Now, uh, siblings, tell me a little bit about your family structures. Where does, is, is your daughter okay. Ireland? Is she your oldest middle?
1: Yeah, no, she gets to be the lucky middle child. So okay, has, uh, her older sister, nobly um, is 15. She's in 10th grade. And then her younger sister, Aveline is 11 and in sixth grade, um, Neither of my other girls have OI. Um, it is a genetic condition. I also have it. Um, I did not know I had it until um, Ireland was six weeks old, um, and she broke her humerus, the top of her right arm. Um, I was, she was swaddled. I put her up on my shoulder to burp her, and her arm snapped in half. And it was the most horrifying experience ever. And we went to the ER, and thankfully, we were able to kind of avoid the children and youth nightmare that a lot of families experience with these type of situations. Um, and we just had truly who I believe was an angel on call. It was an on-call resident ER doctor who was able to diagnose her while we were there and then said, well, why are you so surprised you have it too? And I was like, well, what are you talking about? Like, I'm 25 years old. I'm like, no, right. I don't have Thing. And, and he just is like, well, didn't you ever notice, you know, you're a lot shorter than everybody else in your family. We have blue sclera, So the whites of our eyes are blue. Um, there's definitely a, a body shape difference um, for people who have OI. And then he's like, did you ever break any bones? And I'm like, well, yeah, but only like 30. And he's like, did nobody ever point that out to you that that was, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay. So a lot of things started to make sense that, you know, I had had this condition my entire life and didn't know it. And then with her, it was like, oh, well, okay, great. <laughs>
0: Sure, wow. Uh, so one of the things that I hear about frequently when in private is uh, about the grieving process. you know, I feel like it's okay. something that doesn't get talked about in public much, uh, but our world it, there's just this constant pressure to be I don't know how to say it, just to be fit in this confines of normal, yep. whatever that means. yeah, and for for children, especially it can be brutal, and then you know, for somebody who's afraid to walk in the kitchen because there's water on the floor right? or or those types of things, you, you know, um, to talk to me a little bit about the grieving process for you and your husband, if there was one, yeah. just oh, that, that this, her life is going to be harder than it, than it quote has to be end quote, yeah. if that makes yeah. sense.
1: Sure. No, absolutely. And, and, oh, and then that's definitely a very real thing. And, and for us, it it, I mean, I would definitely say we're beyond that grieving process, but still with the condition being what it is, every time she's injured, it's, it kind of, you know, it stirs things up and you just, your heart goes out to your child. Like there's nothing worse in this world than to see your child suffer, to see them injured. And she literally has a condition that that's what it is. So right. it's, it's definitely tough. But when she was little, I mean, you know, right off the bat, you know, she's not growth charts. She was labeled as failure to thrive, you know, and i and sure. before we had a diagnosis and it was like, well, what am I doing wrong? You know, I was a nursing mom, right. I had two young kids, and it was like, oh my goodness, what's happening? And then that just kind of continued. Obviously, she's never been on a single chart in her entire life, except she's got a big head. So she made that chart when she was little. And uh, so so there was that in the beginning. And then, you know, milestones, like there was, you know, she wasn't walking like normal children. I mean, we didn't think she was even going to be able to walk. So, um, so there was those struggles. But now, I, I really, I think it's harder now at 14 because she is so tiny. I mean, she's four, six, she's 60 pounds. She looks like she's a seven year old and all of her friends are, you know, we're full blown puberty. They're grown up They're, You know, we're talking boys and she's just nowhere near there yet. And I think as a mom, that's my hardest thing to like watch her struggle in that way. Like middle school's tough. Like let's not throw it in the mix. Sometimes she has to use a wheelchair and she has to use a walker you know, and the fact that she is the last, you know, last girl in her class to develop. So that is extremely difficult. And that's a very real thing for her. So that, yeah, that's what I would have to say
0: about that. Sure. Yeah. The uh, understatement of the year might be the, the front runner for that might be middle school is hard.
1: Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah. You couldn't pay me to go back to middle school. No
1: way. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's awful.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so just kind of as a follow up to that, you mentioned her friend's. How do you find like kids around her reacting to it? Uh, Like I think about my own daughters. I know at least one would be probably have high anxiety anytime she saw anything that could Mm. be a threat if she had a friend with this type of, of situation.
1: Yeah, she's, you know, she has been very, very fortunate. She's not the most social of people, but she has always had a one or two really good girlfriends all through school, which has just made the world of difference. Um, and and for whatever reason, her friends tend to be much, much, much larger than her, I mean, larger than myself. Um, okay. So she kind of has these bodyguards, which has been great. Um, so her friends really are, I mean, they understand what she has, they know to be careful, they know, you know, her limitations, and and obviously she's very comfortable, you know, expressing that to her, and really to anybody she's become a very good advocate for herself. Like I feel I'm comfortable. You need to back up, please be careful. So, so she does, you know, very much have that going for her. Um, but yeah, no, really just, you know, friends, it's just, I don't know, it's just so crucial at this time of life anyways. But, um, but yeah, no, she just really has been blessed in that aspect.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So what, if any stressors do you feel that you and your spouse might have, you know, due to the special needs of your child, Uh, I think there are a lot of times that parents with children that have special needs, they, they kind of feel like they're an Island onto themselves.
1: Yeah, it is. It's, um, I mean, there's a lot of stress with that. I mean, there's, there's the financial stress of having a special needs child. Um, and then there's, you know, it, it, for us too, I mean, this is going to sound awful, but we each have broken her. I mean, very obviously unintentionally, but I mean, we both have each caused some pretty significant broken bones. Um, so you know, we definitely have dealt with that. You know, as she's grown grown up. Um,
0: wow! Yeah.
1: Yeah, it, it, there's definitely you know a guilt level to that. I mean, you don't mean to. I mean, it was you know, but if you you know when you change your child's diaper, you pick up their legs, you know, to wipe their bottom. And with her, it it snapped the leg once. So it's things like that that we had had to learn. Right. Which, a really really hard lesson to learn. Just again because it you know it cost her so much pain. So. Sure. Um, I think, I think just, you know, what you said earlier about the guilt, like that guilt really made us kind of step back from a lot of people because we were, we were just scared to do so much with her. We were scared to go out. We were, we were learning how to handle this very delicate, like China doll, like baby that we had. Um, so, so that definitely played a part in it.
0: Right. So, I mean, I would imagine even like babysitters, that's just a whole oh, new level of scrutiny.
1: Yep. Wasn't even a thing we we couldn't. And actually she, up until she was about seven months old, we had to carry her around on a pillow that molded to her body because she was like jelly. Like if you would hold her, she had no muscle tone. So she sure. was just like like an octopus. Like I don't know how else to explain it. So we had a special um, custom pillow made for her that molded to her body. And that's how we carried her because uh, there was just no other safe way to do it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So – does she go to school? Do you homeschool her?
1: Yep, she goes to school. I am absolutely not the homeschool mom. Kudos to all those mothers out there, but that is not me. Um, sure. So she had she had an aide with her all through elementary school, um, and then our plan for middle school here was um, we had actually had gotten her a service dog. Um, that was a really fun experience, except our service dog ended up going lame, very unexpectedly. Oh my. Yes, dog tore both ACLs. Apparently dogs can do that. And then arthritis set in at two years of age. So our service dog plans have kind of backfired. So she has been in middle school for the last two years without an aid, but she has done really well. She's only had a few minor breaks during seventh and eighth grade. So fingers crossed that that, you know, keeps going through high school.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Uh, One of our therapists actually trains service dogs and needs one herself. Oh really? Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting to watch that. Yeah, process. it's a really
1: cool. It really is a cool experience. I'm really glad that we did it, and we still have the dog. We couldn't quite bear to get rid of her after all that, but she's just sure. no longer qualified to to go to school with our
0: unfortunate. Right. Sure. Sure. She sits around the house and lives like a. You got. She is the place. most
1: well trained pet in the world.
0: <laughs> there you go. There you go. If I could circle back for a second, you know, as so I'm kind of just thinking this through in my head, you know, my own children and. Uh mm-hmm. How I responded, like times, and I've never I'll knock on wood, I've never broken anybody's bone. But how did you guys handle how did you process through that, that like guilt and grief? Did you go to counseling? Did you handle it just with each other? Did you go to a church? I mean, what did you do? Yeah so we
1: definitely i mean our our uh, we're Christians, so our faith is, is real real important to us it's real strong um so i mean in the beginning i think a lot of it was just pushing through like there was no other choice like you know you you know get through it survive and then as you get a little bit older it really was for both of us, like we had each other, but then we also have the, the most amazing group within our church family. Um, so sure. really reached out to our, our pastors. I'm part of a woman's group. I was able to reach out to you know women in our church and just like this kind of unload as mom to mom. Like, I can't believe this happened. And I did this and my baby and just to have, you know, just to have other women come alongside me and just kind of love on me and, you know, support me and like, Hey, you know what? I can't imagine what you're going through, but we're here. And anytime you need to unload, and just that outlet for me alone was just, I mean, absolutely what I needed. Hands down, like amazing. And I mean, really got us through some some tough times with her.
0: Just that that community.
1: Yeah, yeah, just sure. that. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So how has, and, and this isn't applicable, that's fine, but how has this impacted your future planning? You know, a lot of times uh, when I talk to parents that have a special needs child, Their future savings has to be accelerated. Some things that are available to people without special needs, such as life insurance or long-term care plans aren't available to people with them. Mm -hmm. And so the parents really feel the responsibility of, of planning differently for the future. How has that affected you and your husband?
1: So yeah. So with Ireland, so she is, I mean, she's, she's very high functioning. I mean, she's very smart girl. Um, if I could, I would push her just to go and get all the degrees possible and work in, you know, as a teacher or a professor, where she's never, you know, going to have to do a whole lot of physical labor. I don't know if that's going to happen because right now she hates school, so we will see. But. <laughs> (laughs) Um, but but honestly as far as that goes long term i mean she'll be able to work she's not going to she'll never be able to wait tables she'll never be able you know she was not going to be a factory worker she's not going to be you know a lot of the trades so it's going to be a matter of finding something that she physically can do um and again her size is is plays a part in this so right now we're anticipating she's probably going to be about four eight four nine um so not you know incredibly tiny but definitely in that little person status um so I mean, I your mean, parents
0: aren't much bigger than that
1: no we're not big i'm five feet tall my mom's five five my dad's five six my husband's five seven we were not anticipating basketball players so
0: right right, right. As, <laughs> yep. as a person who comes from a short family you know yep, my family yep. yeah I, I get that
1: <laughs> yep so um but um like she'll be 16 here soon um so we have to right now figure out how we're gonna what we're gonna do for a car are we gonna get pedal extenders or is she going to learn to drive um with hand controls um What she breaks tends to be more her legs than anything. She's had over 18 um, femur fractures alone. Um, So we have to, you know, make that decision. And then we have to, at that point then get the grants and things needed to make the adjustments to the cars. Um, Same thing then when she goes to college, you know, how big's the campus? What are we looking at? Is it something she's gonna be able to walk across? Will she need her wheelchair or do we have to get her an electric wheelchair? So these are, you know, these kind of things are coming but we're not really gonna know what we're looking at until we're there.
0: Um, so as far as, you know, then this wouldn't affect anything. Like I think about stuff, like I have life insurance policies on my kids, Mm -hmm. you know, those types of things. This doesn't affect any of that.
1: Not really. No, not so far. Yeah. So I mean, obviously health insurance when she's, you know, older, that'll, that'll be a thing. Um, but, but really this, we are very blessed in that aspect that it's, we don't fall in that category for the most part.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, what's like an everyday, obviously you've touched on this one a little bit, but what's kind of like an everyday concern or habit for your family, maybe that most families wouldn't think about, uh, it just kind of goes like they just like maybe, you know, I, I have a friend who has, uh, two autistic children. One of the things he talks about is when people come over, there are things that are just normal to he and his wife that they have to kind of stop and like, like, Oh wait, yeah, no, you got to understand this is just part of how our family works.
1: Yeah. Um, what,
0: what does that look like for you? I mean, obviously, like the water on the kitchen floor would be so Yeah.
1: Well, and that's a huge thing. I mean, even, you know, at our house outside, we're, oh, my husband and I are always scanning the ground. Watch out for that crack. Watch out for this step. Look, this one's uneven. This one's higher than the other one. Or, you know, snow, sure. ice. Like that's, I mean, but it's constant. It's, you know, and I can't tell you how many times in the course of a day I say, Island, watch. Notice that. Be careful. And she's, it's already on her radar. She's like, Mom, I know. Roll my eyes. But that's just, right, I mean, right, that is right, just right, part right. of it. So, because anything, right. you know, can
0: cause... And, and you guys live in York, is that right?
1: Yeah, yep, York, Pennsylvania.
0: Yeah, so so a good bit of snow and ice. Yeah, Alabama, we do. So.
1: Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So, it, you know, and it's, and it's always the ones you can't see. I mean... Uh, and it's also her, you know, she's not the most graceful of kids, so she can just as easily trip over her own feet and fall and and break something. So, you know, there's no, sure. no protecting her from that, but, right, <laughs> but we try. Right, sure,
0: sure <laughs> you know? yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, it's finding that line between wanting to keep her wrapped in bubble wrap, but then also just letting her live as much of a normal life as possible.
0: Sure. Yeah. Uh what would be your advice for other parents on how they can teach their children uh maybe to be more uh, to be more of a blessing your child to just like, what would, what would you w- wish other parents could teach their children about how to interact in the world that, that your daughter finds herself in?
1: Yeah. So uh, for Ireland, because she, I mean, she looks normal. I mean, she's just tiny. She acts normal. Um, so there's a lot, a lot missing from this than somebody, you know, if you saw a child who has like you know cerebral palsy or something like that. Um, sure, so you don't, sure. you don't look at her and think, Oh, there's something wrong with her. I mean, unless she's, you know, got a cast on or she's using her wheelchair or something like that. But I mean, there's always that, you know, don't stare, but that's actually not something that we overly mind. Um, We actually like being able to talk about OI just because it's so uncommon. So just bringing that awareness. Um, I think the, the biggest thing, it would be not, not to point out like what is like, what's evident so with Ireland again she's super tiny and what happens a lot and this is more adults than anything I think is that they'll say oh you know how old are you and she'll say 14 and then they'll go oh my heavens you are so small or you're so short I can't believe how tiny you are and then she's just like yeah I know (laughs) like and that honestly is the thing that just drives her nuts more than anything like I'm clearly aware how tiny I am you don't need to point that out like so sure. and now yeah, but now she's gotten cocky though. Now she'd be like, "Well, yes, I have dwarfism." And then they feel awful. <laughs> but <laughs> it's just like, you know. Sure. I, so I mean, so that that was what I would have to say. Like again, I know our case is a little bit different just because it's just not visible. Like her her right, disability right, is sure. not ever.
0: Yeah. Sure. Ah, uh, that's awesome. So, oh, no, sorry, I lost my track. Here. What ha- is there anything we haven't covered? I know you're a busy person. I appreciate you giving me this time. Uh, I really do. I want to raise awareness with people that listen to this show. What are some things maybe that we haven't covered that you're like, hey, here's something for people to think about? Um, Because, you know, one of the things that I run into a lot when I'm working with groups is there's just so many different things that aren't on people's radar. One of the things that tripped me off to this early, earlier in my professional career was my youngest daughter had a speech impediment and they wanted to hold her back. was diagnosed, certainly not on the level of a lot of other things, but they wanted to hold her back because she couldn't pass a verbal test. And I said to the teacher, well, she has, you know, a diagnosed speech impediment. And she's like, yeah, but that isn't it. And I was like, that's 100% it. And -hmm. it just wasn't on her radar. She wasn't being mean. She wasn't trying to hurt Kyra's feelings or it just wasn't on her radar. And so it's kind of been my beat the drum of how do we raise awareness to there's a lot more going on in the world yeah the more, no i'm more comfortable absolutely. life is whatever that is so how would we do that for you and your children your daughter is there anything so, that we haven't covered i'm sorry
1: I, go ahead no no go ahead no I, i'm just gonna say so i one of the things i touched on a little bit earlier was um so Ireland, it's, it's referred to as, as trauma brain. Um, so it's just the way her brain processes things. Um, so right. every fracture for her has been considered a trauma to some extent. Um, when she was, you know, two years old, she broke her neck and had to be life flighted to Hopkins, um, you know, in a helicopter. So there's been some pretty massive things um, that have, you know, have, I, don't want to, I don't want to use the term done some damage, but have definitely left a mark on her, you know, mentally and emotionally. Um, so one of the things too in school is she has a hard time focusing. Not that she is not focusing, but she's focusing on so much that it's it's hard for her to kind of pinpoint, you know, what the teacher is saying. Right, Um, sure. Yeah, so one of the things that we, she has an IEP in school, which has been, you know, an absolute blessing. Our school has been just amazing with working with her. Um, But with the way her brain processes, (laughs) so if she has a panic attack... If she has a panic attack during class, um, she's, you know, permitted to go down to the guidance counselor um, and kind of, you know, breathe and walk herself through it. But then if she comes back to class, she's already checked out. Like, she's not, she's definitely not going to listen to what the teacher says. She's definitely, and she's probably really not going to be overly there for the next, you know, couple of hours until she fully calms down. Sure. Um, and I think there is definitely, uh, let's say, just a, just a not knowing, um, especially in schools, um, on how this works and how this really affects learning um, in, in our learners. Um, so it's uh, – and, and trauma, obviously, as you know, comes in lots of forms. I mean, unfortunately, lots of kids experience it. Um, and I think that really, if there was just more of an awareness of, of how trauma affects um, young kids um, in yes. their learning process in schools, yep. like that that would be huge. I would much rather get something like that across than like, "Hey, I know what OI is." Like this, cause right. this has just been such an eye-opening experience to me. And we've done, oh my goodness, so much research. Um, my mom's a, a big wig at UPMC, and this is what she does. So it's, I mean, we've done conferences and, and all types of things. Um, so I that. Uh, I guess, long story short, so that would be my answer, like, the, the, how trauma affects, you know, children in these stages of learning.
0: Yeah, well, that's something that we try to beat the drum on here. Of course, uh, uh, something I guess the listeners wouldn't know is that you and I grew up in the same town, same yes. school, uh, and I've since moved over here to Michigan, and one of the things that we do here is we're just constantly trying to beat that drum of mm-hmm. trauma affects learning because if your brain is on constant radar as we talked about earlier with your daughter our brain the cognitive the cognitive juice if you'll let me use the term that we have to Mm -hmm. use is like it's like coffee in a mug once it's gone it's gone
1: correct and if you're
0: you know a normal a a person without trauma is diverting 10 percent 8 percent maybe to their environment maybe less Mm -hmm. a person with significant trauma it could be upwards of 50 60 percent that's getting diverted to looking for potential trouble spots. Correct. Yeah. Absolutely. And so they run out quicker. And unfortunately with all of the, this is probably a little bit far and abroad, but with all of the political expectations on educators, yes. there's not a lot of opportunity for them to learn about this. Yes, absolutely. And incorporate it into their day. So I think that's a good word. Devin, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time to uh, do this with me to help us raise awareness. Yeah, no, I about appreciate it. Like. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank uh, you. All right. Take care.
1: All right. We'll talk to you later. All right. All <laughs> all right, right.
0: All right thank you, my friends for listening. Uh, that interview was recorded and obviously done in a different day. Uh, if you have a child with special needs And you would like to be interviewed, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, joe at joemartino.com. Don't forget to share this with your friends if you enjoyed this episode. Uh, I really find one of the things that is going on in our world is that we are not as aware as we could be. And it's not for lack of information. I actually think we have so much information going on that we kind of get a little stuck. And so I love interviews like this because it allows us to hear perspectives from other people that we might not consider. If you like this episode, please feel free to share it with your friends. Share it via social media. Don't forget to pick up my book, The Emotionally Secure Couple, available wherever fine books are sold. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.